what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. I am one of the two brothers in tech that you're going to be hearing from in this episode across the country from me, across the video conference Zoom room is my, the other brother, the, uh, the other brother in tech, Brian Jackson. How you doing, Brian? Good. Good, Alan. I'm, uh, I, I'm excited about this, uh, this episode. Uh, yeah. I think this, yeah, I think this is this is a well. I've been excited about this entire series. You know, the audio series. I think music and audio is such a uh, such an important part of our lives, and and there's some really really cool technology that's happening in these areas. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to to talk about it, but also to uh, unfortunately get educated a little bit by you uh, in terms yeah. of your experience with this. So I hope you're ready to spend some money too. I am ready to look at things that cost money. <laughs> I'm not ready to spend money, but I'm ready to look at them. How's that? Understood. Yeah. Well, we are going to be talking today about home audio systems uh, for playing your music, playing your sounds. Uh, you know, the last couple episodes, we've been talking about sound and audio in general on computers. Uh, we talked last episode about personal listening, really what we meant headphones. You know, really that yeah. was the idea of uh, listening on headphones. You're just listening for yourself. Here we're changing it up. This is all about audio that you want to play throughout a room, throughout a house, for people, for for entertainment purposes, whatever it may be. Uh, what are your options in doing that? And Brian, here's where I kind of want to set this up a little bit because I think it's an interesting topic in that so many topics we talk about when we talk about technology, people are in a mindset of always wanting to evolve and upgrade and get the latest and greatest. TV sets, even headphones we talked about last week. I mean, you don't hear a lot of people sitting around saying, I love the TV I've had for 20 years right. that's sitting right. in, my, in, my, in my living room. There's always been a need to upgrade. However, when we get to sound systems, I think there's a little mm-hmm. more, there's a little more nostalgia baked in and a little more a feeling of, you know what? I've got a wonderful sound system. I've got these great speakers. I've got my receiver. I've got you know, I, I'm really happy with my sound system. It's all analog. It is all based on, you know, turntables, tapes, maybe CDs, but it's still all playing through a receiver and speakers. And a lot of times, you know, those things are still really good in that they don't really lose their sound necessarily as much. Um, people still use them a lot. So what we are going to talk about is is how you can migrate to something that is new using technology and kind of the benefits you get from that. But also to help you understand, there's some ways to bridge the gap too. And that uh, yeah. we'll give yeah. some examples. There are some ways to use existing older uh, audio technology along with the new and, and not sacrifice that awesome set of speakers you may have already sitting in your room. So, right, right. Um, so there's yeah. some retrofitting possibilities, which is which is kind of nice because you're right that the changes that have been made over the years haven't necessarily been to improve the sound. They've been more to improve the way of getting that sound or the way of accessing yeah. that information uh, or to make the the size 
of the device that you need to get that sound a lot smaller and portable and yeah. some of those uh, areas. So uh, you're right. Although I, you know, I will say, I mean, I, I just, I, I'm one of those that would love to still have the, uh, the big uh, saved by the bell Zach, you know, cell phone up to my ear. Right. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't all of us, right. Are you saying that we actually enjoy having these smaller phones now to, to carry around? <laughs> It's more, yeah. uh, I guess, what the phones are doing, able to do now. Right, right, right. If they, right, right. Them, if they can still do the same stuff, but still be in that same StarTech um, foldable phone uh, from before, I think we'd all be uh, all be for that. Oh, of course, cool. just a huge antenna coming up from it. So. That's right. All right. Well, well tell let's, talk about some, yeah, let's talk about some of these home audio systems. Yeah. Uh, you can get good sound in your home, uh, either fresh new systems or incorporating your older equipment. So. So what, what did, I mean, so let's set the stage for what's the, what is the typical way of getting sound? So what was the, what was the old school way, right? I mean, if, if I yeah. wanted to get a home stereo system, I remember, you know, needing a, a huge receiver, right? That ended up pumping out that, uh, that sound to big honking speakers, right? If I wanted a really good system, I probably had two big speakers up beside my, uh, my stereo, maybe two behind mm-hmm. me, Right. So why not, why is that wrong? What was, what was well, wrong with and that? It's not that it's wrong anymore. It's that uh, technologies really kind of work to simplify things a little bit more. Yeah, that receiver used to be the hub of your stereo system. That was where it connected to your speakers. It connected to your CD player. It connected to your, uh, your turntable. Now, you know, the speakers you can buy many times have their own smarts in them they have their own computer where there's no need for a receiver you can go as simple as a standalone device like a smart speaker that has the speaker and all the computing power into one device or you could uh, still build a system and that system may still have a hub or receiver of some sort but not necessarily i think there's just a lot of different options now that we didn't yeah. have before yeah um I think I mean, it all comes down to the fact that it's, you know, we're dealing with a music uh, landscape now where we don't need physical media anymore right. to be played. Right. So I think that's the biggest question mark is that if you don't have any need to play physical media, if you say, look, I've got all my music is on my computer or on my iPhone, and that's all I want to be able to listen to, then, you know, your, your, your opportunities for different sound systems and configuration really open up. Um, if you are still someone who wants to have access to that physical media, I still want to have a CD player. I still want to have a turntable. All right. Then you are still going to need some other pieces and it could be a receiver of some sort. It's still going to be needed, but uh, it really just depends on if you're ready to go all digital with your music or if you are still going to be keeping us, uh, keeping some physical media laying around. I think is where things start to happen. Um, because, you know, for example, let's start on the very low end, Brian. If somebody said, look, I just want to start having really, really good sound mm-hmm. in my house. I've got music. I've got really, I, I want to play my music and I want it to be really good inside this, my den, inside my kitchen, wherever it is you want to have the sound playing. On the lowest, simplest end, I think what we're talking about nowadays are the smart speakers. They are those devices that we talked about in a previous episode your uh, Amazon Alexa devices, they're your um, uh, home pods, they're your Google home devices. Yep. Those are the, the Amazon fire or Am- not fire, but the Amazon. Yeah. Alexa devices. Mm-hmm. Where you mentioned. Those are, have speakers built in 
And each of those smart speaker lines typically has been having one kind of more premier level or high level device that is meant for having a really, really good speaker on it to play and fill a room with sound. I've heard people who absolutely love the sound of from their uh, Amazon Alexa. They play music through it and it's perfectly great for them. That is all they need. Stick one of their Amazon Alexas in their room uh, and then they've got sound coming all throughout the room there. Um, I have a HomePod, you know, which is the Apple quote smart device. We'll get to that a little later. But um, as far as for playing music, it plays music great. And I love the way it sounds in a room. Um, so there again, that's automatically making things kind of getting down to the simplest core of things that a device you may already have already invested in as a smart home device could also be your in-home speaker if you've got the right model for it. Um, I wouldn't recommend using like one of the Echo Dots as your home stereo right. because it's not going right. to be that great sounding, but you get the higher end version of the uh, the Echo device and all of a sudden you're looking at a pretty good pretty good sound system there, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the downside for those that are audiophiles is that we're talking about one location of the sound, mm-hmm. right? That, um, that I will say they've gotten really good at doing to try to mimic surround sound. I mean, the whole idea of surround sound, right? Yeah. Is that the sound yeah. is surrounding you, which is why we would have home theaters with, you know, five, six, seven different speakers giving us all this feel that you were actually in the environment. Um, that's obviously not as good. Uh, and, or I should say the, the single speakers are not going to be as good, but they're, they're a whole lot better than you think they are. And if you haven't experienced one of those, like the HomePod, right, it has some technology in there that's fantastic that kind of recognizes where you are in the room and rec- recognizes how far away is from the wall and is able to bounce certain sounds off the wall so that it comes back to you to sound like it really is surrounding you. So they're getting a lot better. And if you're looking for one purchase, that's going to handle everything for that particular room. I think you're right. I think that's a, that's a great way to do it. And you already have a music service and it can play through that music service and pull your music and you don't have to tell it to, or you don't have to go with any physical media, do anything to that. I think that's the all in one, all in one shopping there. Right. I I think you hit those qualifications correctly. It's if everything you want to play is digital and you have access to it on a phone or computer, if you just uh, need to power sound in one room, yep. just needing it in a single room, and you don't want to deal with a lot of parts and con- uh, connections and configurations, then yeah, I think, and, and you're not maybe the the, the top level audio right. audio file, right? Then I think the smart speakers work great. I mm-hmm. think they're really good options for people, and I would I would recommend to people you know just looking for some sound to go uh, go into their small apartment, maybe going into a small suite of rooms. Um, yep. and they don't want to deal with it. We don't want to have it portable. You know, yep. the fact you could unplug it, move it to another room, plug it in and it's ready to go. There's a lot of benefits to it, but yes, yep. if you are someone who really wants the most immersive, best sounding sound, you're probably going to be a little disappointed with the smart speakers after a while, just yep. because they're, they're not really meant to, to completely compete with a high end audio system. Well, and I'll also they're say, really good for the package. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I'll also say most of these now, the ones that you mentioned before that were really made for the, um, for the digital assistant, they're not going to be capable of taking any of your physical media. So if you're someone who says, well, I have a music service, but I really love my vinyl. I really love these other things. That's not what this is really made for, right? This is, this is going to be something that says, 
all of my music either needs to come from my phone to stream to it or from the music service that it's connecting to. That's true. So yeah. you, these smart devices, obviously, to play music, you're right. One of two sources, they either have to be connected to the internet, which most smart devices yeah. are going to be connected to the internet, uh, or you've got to be able to send it by Bluetooth from your phone, beam it to that device or your computer to that device. Um, but you're right. Most smart devices, I mean, that that's the whole point of them working is they're connected to the internet. So you assume they have a wireless connection to your internet. And if they do, and you have any music service that's compatible with that device to play, then you're good to go. Yep. If you have Apple music and you have a home pod, everything works perfectly. It's, it knows your Apple, uh, Apple music account. It logs in automatically. You play your music. You're good to go. Uh, if you have Amazon music and you've got an echo device, it's right out of the box, ready to go. Yep. Uh, Google music on the Google home, same thing. And some of them will cross and allow you to use different services. I think now Spotify is an option on the home pod. If I remember correctly, I think um, you're right. Yeah. I, I think I, I know it definitely is on the Amazon and I mm -hmm. believe Google as well. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, knowing what music service you're using, if you're going to use a music service, making sure this smart home device you, you decide to use as your smart speaker is going to be compatible with that as one thing you need to check off. But now Brian, let's say uh, somebody says, all right, that's great, but I really, I need, I need more. I need a, I need a true sound system. Let's say you're doing a home theater um, or just a room where you really want to have some, some really awesome sound in there and you want more than one speaker or at least that capability. Um, you don't want to mess with the smart speaker. You want something a little higher end. That's when you do kind of creep back into the world of maybe do you need a receiver and speakers or an actual stereo system that you can buy. They still sell components like that. Uh, many of them are kind of in an all-in-one kit. You know, I find a lot of times for home theaters where you buy it, it's got a receiver and either two or three or five speakers, whatever the arrangement may be. And you go and you buy it and you just have to hook it all up through that one receiver. The difference in that world right now, I guess, the big thing that makes it a little different now is that, you know, instead of being limited to whatever you physically plug into your receiver to play, most of these new systems will have Bluetooth built in, meaning you could Bluetooth beam from your phone to this nice new home stereo system, what you want to hear, yeah. and it's going to play it throughout sound system. So you've got the best of both worlds with these sound systems now. You can plug in your TV set, you could plug in an external power, um, um, uh, LP turntable, CD player, or you can beam digitally from Bluetooth from your phone or computer, and you've got the best sound you can get based on whatever kind of system you build there, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I think, so, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. still, for the most part, I could be wrong, but I think most of those, Alan, those systems you're talking about, the speakers themselves are still going to be wired speakers. Right. I think for the most part, many of them are going to be wired. Um, if you know you're if you're someone that knows that this particular receiver is going to be put in one place, but yet you need speakers in a completely different place and you don't want to run through the walls, you'll need to be looking at a level that provides some wireless speaker capabilities to it. Which of course means the the speakers themselves need to be powered. I think that's a an important thing for people to note is the old speakers that we have. You may have them sitting around with your old. Uh, stereo system that are great speakers, huge, got great sound coming from them. But you notice they don't have any power to them, right? They just have a wire that goes to the receiver and the receiver pumps all the power out to these things. So you could say, well, I've already got speakers. All I need is a receiver. But 
you got to realize that receiver may be built for wireless speakers now that you need to make sure the compatibility is there. You may have to to create a little hub that you know pumps power to those speakers. Um, so there's a difference in what it used to be. Everything was built into the receiver and it just sent you know the output. Nowadays, right, there's kind of this interaction that's happening where there's power for a lot of those speakers needed because they're doing some different things. So well, and that's, that was, you know, I'll give my own personal story here. So I've got an old home stereo system that I've had for, my gosh, 25 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. I've had it for a really long time and the speakers are still great. Yep. They're great sounding speakers, but they are the traditional speakers using the speaker wire, which, you know, you have to have a certain kind of plug in on your receiver to make those work. As much as I would love to take my speakers and plug them into something new, I don't have a new receiver of any type to plug them into. I still have my old receiver, the original receiver, with those speakers attached. I just had to find a way now to allow me to have wireless connectivity into that old receiver. And that just required like an additional box, an additional adapter, additional uh, device to do that. But you're right. I mean, my, my goal was always, well, I want a new hub a new receiver and i just want to use my old speakers with it and there's really not a way to do that right without some additional uh tools and, and adapters to yeah. use so yeah. that is something to keep in mind speakers really changed in the way they were kind of their connectivity mm-hmm. from the old traditional speaker wires where you twist the uh the copper wire ends and, yep. and pl- plug them into the, the snap holder uh versus ones now that are more digital and that they have more of the more traditional audio plug-in um, and yes, like you said, typically we'll need some power source as well. Yep. Yep. So uh, yeah, we're in a, we're in a very similar situation, Alan, where we bought our house that already had speakers set up in the ceiling, uh, in our, in our living room. So of course I want to take advantage of those. Right. So that required me to then go and make sure I had a receiver because those are typical or regular speakers that have speaker wire. So I needed something that would power and send out. I couldn't just say, hey, here's my here's my Apple TV. You know, let me plug my Apple TV into it. There is no connection there. I had to go into some sort of receiver. So the beauty is, though, that my Apple TV becomes my digital source. So if I want to yeah. play music, right, I'm just pulling up the TV, playing Pandora, playing music or whatever. And that then goes out because my TV also goes into that receiver. So when you want to get really creative, I guess, to have everything integrated together, then receivers become really helpful because the receivers now are made to bring in uh, a wireless source from your Bluetooth phone, uh, a digital source from your, you know, Apple TV or streaming service out to your speakers, uh, audio out and video out as well, HDMI out to your TV. So you can start to get all those and generally a receiver, some sort of receiver is needed to make those happen unless you're buying a home theater kit and that's going to have all of that kind of built in as well. So, yeah. All right. Now there, I'm, I'm going to bring up one kind of variation that I know is traditionally thought of as more for your TV set audio, but I also know a lot of applications where it's just a good music playing device also. And those are sound bars. Um, so you take the idea of a sound bar, you know, think about this where you've seen these now, you know, if you're not familiar with them, they're long bars. They are typically you know, a couple feet wide, two, three feet wide. And they're meant to really sit underneath your TV set and be your, your audio source. 
And they work great for that. You typically can plug them straight into your TV set and whatever sound your TV's got, it's going to now push it to the sound bar. And the sound bar is really designed to give as much replicated surround sound as possible. And, and, you know, it may be a 2.1, which we'll get to all that number terminology in a little bit, but it may be a relatively limited number of speakers built into that sound bar, but they're designed to try to give you as much of a full room sound as possible. The great thing about these sound bars are, are is that, you know, all the modern ones anyway, will allow you to connect to them by Bluetooth also. So then it becomes an option where, yes, you may use it as your TV audio, and that's great. But if you also want to beam from your phone or computer your music, you've got a really great sounding audio device in the same room where your TV set is. I've done that plenty of times in my den as I have a sound bar under my TV. And, you know, I just just feel like just beaming some music to it. I'm working in the den. I'm not watching TV. I just want to have some music playing. It is another sound device right there ready for me. All built into one. So we've kind of moved back away from the receiver and multi, multi-unit multi device. Uh, it's probably closer to the smart speaker we talked about at the beginning. The difference being it has no other smarts to it. It is truly just there to play sound. Uh, but you can play it from a wired or wireless connection if you're using Bluetooth for it. So. Mm. Well, and, and to me, I don't have a I don't have a sound bar, um, but I I think it's I think it's kind of fascinating and a little funny how those came about, right? I mean, it's because when we got rid of these huge honking TVs, which had a lot of depth to them, right? They had room for speakers in them. Now yeah. we go with these really really small TVs and thin TVs, and there's no room for a speaker anymore. There's so no I was like, hey, by the way. Now you need to buy something extra that is going to complement what you have and have some additional yeah. space. But, but of course, I love it. I, I much prefer having a really, really thin TV on the wall and a and a soundbar than, you know, the the two foot depth of a of a TV as to what used to be there. So, well, and I think these soundbars, I mean, I still sound so much better than even what the larger yeah. TV set built in sound used to be. These devices are really meant for pushing sound out, filling a room. And again, I've got a very, very minimal, like low end sound bar, 2.1 sound bar. And I still, uh, I love it. I mean, it's, um, I'm perfectly happy watching everything I need to watch on it. And I feel like it's a great theatrical experience and music sounds really good through it as well. So, you know. So Alan, so really, can you just yeah. clarify really quick? So your sound bar, so if someone wanted the minimum, you have a TV, you have the sound bar, the sound bar obviously has power right? It's connected to the wall and it's connected probably with just audio wires to your TV. Yes. Right. It's got a, a digital audio cable. Um, it can do digital audio or more, you know, RCA audio to okay. your, to your sound bar. Okay. So yeah, I've, I've got it plugged in the wall and it's got a digital audio cable running from the sound bar to the TV. So anything that comes out of the TV sound is pushed into the sound bar. Okay. And then control volume is a, it's, it's, it's own remote. Um, no, it's actually my Apple TV remote, uh, mm. which Apple TV is what I use on the TV exclusively. My Apple TV remote will automatically control the volume on the sound. Okay. And so you, that's just a setting. You have, one, if, someone didn't one, have that, if someone didn't have yeah. that, they could play the TV. The TV would come out the sound bar. And you're saying you could override that by sending it from your phone because it has a Bluetooth connection that you could send directly to the sound bar. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so I, if I'm a one stop shop, you know shop, yeah, if I just want to beam something to the to the soundbar, just music off my iPhone. I can just do that, and it plays, and it's good yeah. to go. So yeah, you technically, if you wanted one device for your TV audio, your home theater audio, and for your music in that same room, 
that soundbar will work with Bluetooth and you're good to go. Assuming you have a phone device that you're able to stream. Or computer or something yeah. that will yeah. allow you to stream by Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, here's the thing about all these options we're talking about, Brian, whether it's a smart speaker, whether it's a full-fledged you know, home stereo, stereo system or a soundbar. The question starts to become, you know, wired or wireless. And that really is kind of a big question mark you got to think about. You mentioned with the home theater systems. Yeah. Most of those are still wired to the speakers just because generally the speakers are right near the receivers. So they want to have the best sound. They don't want to have anything lost in the uh, transmission by wireless. So you've got some wired speakers. But the home, uh, the smart speaker, even the sound bar could be you know, where you beam things to it wirelessly yep. or without any wires, you know, Bluetooth is kind of the connection that, you know, most of these devices are going to understand. Bluetooth does require your home device, your source of your music to be relatively close to the device. You can't be on the other side of the room outside the house and necessarily Bluetooth to somebody, something in the house. Yeah. So it's like you 30, 30 feet unimpeded. Yeah. Right? I think 30. that's what I remember hearing It's about 30 <laughs> feet in general. So, you know, you're, you can be maybe a room or two over, but not much further than right. that. Um, now, some of the, these systems will run over Wi-Fi to where you don't have to be in Bluetooth connectivity. So, for example, if you've got like a HomePod, um, it is on your wireless network. I don't have to be right there next to it to make it work, to beam something to it. I can, I mean, honestly, I'm here at my office. I see it on my home wireless network. I can uh, tap into it from here. I could actually start playing music and freak my family out right (laughs) now if I wanted to. So using wireless Wi-Fi, it could do that as well. Um, NFC is kind of cool in that that's a a, a protocol that uh, you don't hear much about other than maybe, you know, uh, payment uh, processing, you know, holding your phone out to make uh, Apple Pay or whatever the other payment processing is. Um, but NFC is actually starting to be woven into some sound systems. The idea being that you can just generally be in the proximity and maybe if, uh, I think the NFC, I can't remember if the NFC is a better signal, maybe a more uh, reliable signal than Bluetooth, but I have seen some new sound systems using NFC as their delivery um, protocol as opposed to Bluetooth. Yeah. I'd love to see how that, that works because my, my understanding was that NFC was, only for really, really close connections, but maybe that's all it's just been used for up to this point is having a, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously tap to pay and and get things close. I think it's, you know, within an inch or two, it's supposed to be able to connect, but I I wonder wonder if they've opened it up. Yeah. I don't know. Well, or maybe, maybe it's meant for where your phone is truly going to sit like onto the device and automatically beam to it. I don't know. Yeah, yep. I got to read it more on it. I, I wasn't really aware that NFC was even an option until researching for this episode a little bit. So, well, I know I know one of the things that's been really cool about NFC has been the ability to pair your phone with something or pair new speakers with something. If you connect, like, touch them together or get them really close together, then they recognize each other. You don't have to go through and wire things together. So, mm. I know that there's definitely some some cool benefits that are starting to happen to make setup a lot easier, that make the recognition a lot easier. So, I think that's cool. Yeah. Well, so what I thought we'd do, Brian, is we're going to take a quick break. Yep. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about just some terminology when you're dealing with speaker systems and sound systems. 
Uh, we'll talk about some just some more um, popular models and companies out there making some great speaker systems. But then I really want to talk about something that I think is really cool and exciting. The idea of, of whole house audio, meaning audio yeah. systems that could run throughout your house with continuous music and synchronized music. It's really cool stuff. So I do want to talk about that here in a little bit when we come back from the break. But you're listening to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV. We'll be right back with the uh, next part of our show. Stay tuned. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Hi, welcome back to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv. Um, Alan Jackson and Brian Jackson with you here once again talking about home audio systems and ways to play digital audio in your own home environment. We talked a little bit about the different types and components and options you have between smart speakers and full home audio systems and even sound bars and wired or wireless connections. But Brian, there's one thing I, I always, I get this question a lot. I don't know if, if you do or not. Um, I don't know if people always go to you to look for advice and knowledge as much as they do me, but let's assume that they do. Uh, they get the question of what is the whole 2.1, 5.1, 7.1 when we talk about sound system mean? Yeah, And uh, it's a great question. And it actually is something you know, I kind of took for granted for a good while, but when you really kind of dig into it and understand what it is, that is the number of speakers dot uh, the number of subwoofers you have in your system. So a 5.1 sound system is means there's five speakers, one subwoofer. That's kind of what 5.1 means. 7.1 means the same, but with seven speakers. Now, most of the time, you know, the, the sound system was we were just talking about, like the smart speakers, the smart home speakers, you know, they really only have maybe one speaker in there, maybe an array of speakers, but they're nowhere close to a 5.1 or 7.1 setup because they're all compact speakers inside the unit. They'll do their best to replicate kind of a a nice, full, immersive sound environment. Um, but really to get true, you know, 5.1, 7.1, you're looking at the bigger systems that we talked about with multiple speakers that are wired up to a receiver and um, you sprinkle throughout your room. Yeah. Um, now, well, the sound bar I mentioned earlier, Brian, the, the sound bar I mentioned earlier is, is touted as having a 2.1 because it does technically have two speakers and a subwoofer built into the sound bar. So it is truly a 2.1. Although, you know, when you listen to it because of the way they're projecting sound out, it tries to create a much more whole room immersive experience on its own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this, uh, this number, when you're looking at systems or you're looking even at uh, content that you're trying to, to stream, when you see 5.1, really it's suggesting that that's, those are the streams that it is capable of sending out to your speaker system. So, you know, if you're listening to a 5.1 sound, it means it's got separate audio tracks laid out for all five and that sixth one to, to do different things. Now, of course, the beauty, it's all of your system. So if you get a, if you're, if you're listening or if you're watching something on your Apple TV and it says it's got 5.1, uh, that it's, uh, projecting out through this Apple TV, uh, signal, and you only have a HomePod, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get 
even cooler sound than you would have gotten if it would have just been kind of left and right audio being sent out. It just means that you're not really getting to take advantage of the full benefit of this thing because the whole goal is that if I'm watching something and I using a you know 5.1 means I should be able to hear something to my front left that's supposed to be to my front left and hear something to the front right that's supposed to be the front right. And we can actually distinguish those sounds. So when you've got that single speaker, as we mentioned before, Apple's done a great job of trying to project that front left in a particular area of the room from that speaker so that you're kind of hearing it that way. Um, and they're trying to replicate. They've even done that in in headphones, which I think is pretty cool, right? To make it right. sound like you're getting that. But so I think what's really important is that if, if you want a system that's going to take advantage of the highest level of audio signal that you can get, then when you find like a 7.1 signal, meaning that you're watching a DVD that has 7.1 capabilities, you need all of those speakers in those locations in order to really get the benefit out of it. So yeah, to me, it, to me it's, you know, it may be overkill for some people to have that, but if, and I think honestly, the, the one thing that really you'll recognize the difference for is going to be TV or movies or uh, something like that. Music. I mean, we're used to hearing music in kind of left and right surround sound. Yeah right? Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily used to hearing it behind us and in front of us and to the side of us and all of that. But but with um, speech within a, a, a movie, hearing background sound, background noise, and feeling this immersive experience, that's where the these different systems are really going to... Uh, yeah. Go um, you're right. That, that really becomes more important when we talk about movies and TV stuff. Because again, video in general... Because, yeah, I, I think most people, when you're listening to music, having two or maybe the 2.1 speakers are generally what we're used to hearing and is more yeah. than enough for that. Um, but anyway, that's that's what the numbers mean. Right. You know, right. yeah, people were kind of curious about that. And I, I think the one thing I will caution against, I have I have noticed a little bit. And I don't know if, Brian, you feel the same way. The one thing I just – going back to the whole watching TV or movies with your sound system – is that, you know, if, if you're listening to audio from a uh, sor original source that is a 5 or 7.1 mixed sound, and you're pushing it out into a single speaker or even a dual speaker, just a very traditional setup, there is a tendency I've noticed for sometimes it to make it to where the louds are really, really loud and the softs are really, really soft, meaning... It, the sound is not always balanced and mixed for your two or 2.1 home system. You can still hear it. It's still going to sound good, but I do know that there's a lot of people who complain a little bit more about not being able to hear dialogue as well in some situations. And I think that's because it's taking a five or 7.1 original audio mix and trying to push it into a two, maybe 2.1, maybe three uh, sound system. And I think the mixing could come off a little, a little odd when you try to when you're downgrading it like that. So, yeah, just something to keep in mind. Again, I, I I do think that's what's causing over the last you know ten years people say that they feel like their home audio systems, watching TVs that the the, the voices are a little harder to read or you know the louds on the are extremely loud compared to the quiet moments of the film. So anyway, um. Now, Brian, there's some companies that are doing some really great stuff with audio these days. I mean, some of them have been around forever. 
with audio systems and they've had to kind of migrate from the more analog traditional sound systems to newer ones. Uh, and then we've got some, some companies that have really just kind of come about because of the digital revolution yeah. in sound and, and audio. So for example, you know, Bose is a system that you know, has been around for a really long time. Traditional, they've always had great sound systems as well as they pioneered. I think a lot of the singular units, kind of their sound stations, which really meant kind of to me was the precursor of almost like your, your sound bars. These were like yep. a single unit that really tried to push sound out in different directions and give you a more immersive experience. Bose is still making some great audio hardware. And of course they've adapted to the digital realm with connectivity and with uh, wireless components as well. Um, Sony, JBL, kind of the same idea. These are companies that are still producing really high-end audio systems, but have also adapted to provide sound bars and to provide uh, things that can be beamed wirelessly by Bluetooth. Yep. 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 Now, Sonos is a company, I think, you know, uh, I personally have not had experience with using any of their products, but I know they really kind of started coming about right about when this all became more digitally available audio systems. And their whole uh, mindset was, we want you to have a system where you can start and then you can build onto it and you can add devices into other places throughout your house, all integrated together. And that's kind of become the Sonos platform in a way. So have you ever had any experience with the, the Sonos? Well, I haven't had them. I've, I've, um, I've listened to one at a friend's house, um, which was great. Uh, and I will say there, there's been some, some issues recently. I have a friend um, who uh, recently got a, a Sonos kind of, all-in-one speaker that hasn't been playing very nicely with uh, with the uh, Apple uh, as Apple devices as it was supposed to, but but they're really yeah they're they're well known for the the sound. What I love about them is they kind of took they took this this progression that was happening of the typical systems and the network systems, and they kind of jumped in and said, all right, well let's let's create these expandable systems. And these expandable systems that are wirelessly expandable that, you know, you can put speakers in different places and they will communicate and then you can build on your system, uh, which, of course, is what the traditional form of, of audio was. Right. It was all about kind of building onto your system and getting more speakers or bigger speakers. And so Sonos has done, I think, a pretty good job of that. I think where Sonos is struggling right now is that all these other companies that have the integration already set up, Apple you know, Amazon who are able to, to tap into now the good sound are kind of leaving them behind a little bit because, you know, Sonos really has to have contracts with all of those in order for them to really be effective. They need to either play from directly from your phone to them, or they need to tap into these other music systems. And these other companies are starting to play hardball, I think with Sonos and push some of these others out and say, well, you want to use our Apple music service? You know, you have to pay us this amount. And, and I think that that's causing some of those companies like Sonos to, to struggle a little bit, but sound wise, they were fantastic. And I really love the integration of them, how they communicate with one another, made it sync, sync across multiple rooms. You know, it was super cool to be at a friend's house and I'm saying, Oh, I'm just going to tell it to play on these three rooms. And the same sound is coming out uh, at the same time, which is really nice. So well, and to me, that's that's the big, that's the most exciting evolution I think in kind of digital audio is that uh, that idea of having one music source that can play all throughout a house, inside and outside. Yeah. Um, Without wire. You know, think about your your hosting. What? Without mm -hmm. wires. 
With outwires, exactly. Yep. Yep. The idea that you could, I mean, yeah, because when I moved into my house, it was built in the 80s. It already had some speaker wire routed through the walls going into different rooms. So I could plug a more traditional speaker into a room on the other side of the house. And wherever my receiver is located, that's where all the wiring came in. That's right. great. But that's not really a lot of flexibility if I ever wanted to move any of those speakers or go into different rooms. These systems, Sonos was kind of, I, I feel like, at least from a consumer standpoint, was kind of a pioneer in this idea of saying, yeah, we're going to you set up a speaker in your room. But then if you want to set up a speaker in another room, they can be synced together. So the sound will be perfectly in sync with each other as you move from room to room. This becomes really nice if you're someone who you know wants to make sure you're hearing the same music everywhere in your house you go. Or if you're entertaining and you have a lot of people over and you want to make sure they're all hearing the same thing. Um, it's just, it's nice. And the technology is great, uh, in there to do that now. Sonos, like I said, was kind of a, a little bit of a pioneer, at least from what we saw as consumers, but you're right in that other companies, the bigger boys are kind of getting in the game now with some of their own technology to do this. So for example, Amazon with their Alexa products, there is a multi-room music feature that if you have enough of their echo devices scattered throughout your house, you can actually have them sync together and say, all right, I'm going to play this, this song or this playlist. And I want it to play on all the, the speakers I have connected throughout the house wirelessly. So you really could have five Amazon echoes capable of playing music all throughout your house. And as you walk from room to room, you're hearing that sound, that song continue as you move around the house. Um, so that's one easy way is that if you're already kind of bought into the uh, Amazon Alexa echo ecosystem, you've got some capabilities there to do some multi-room uh, sound already. Uh, the HomePod on Apple's does have that same capability with AirPlay 2 is kind of their protocol they use. If you have any speaker that is AirPlay 2 compatible, uh, then basically you can stitch those sounds together from your computer or your phone or, or iPad or wherever you're playing it from. And it will share that song or that playlist or whatever it's streaming across those different devices and create that same environment, whether it's a HomePod or some other AirPlay 2 compatible device. Um, so if you're really big into the Apple ecosystem and you love everything Apple's doing and you want all your devices to be Apple devices, you get two or three HomePods and throw them throughout the room and you can stitch them together and have the same stuff playing to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's nice. There's also, Brian, a, uh, a protocol, a, a, a kind of a, a standard. It's called PlayFi. I'm not, I don't have any experience with it, but it's actually one that is developed by DTS and it's licensed out to companies like Polk and Pioneer and Clips, uh, where they can actually use this protocol to stitch up to 16 devices together mm -hmm. across manufacturers that all kind of uh, adhere to this standard. And it's called PlayFi. Does the exact same kind of idea is that you can have one device playing, but because the other ones are now kind of connected to it wirelessly, they're all playing the same thing. If you have them have them sync that way, so I yeah. love the whole home house audio thing. That is one I of my too. pet projects. Too. You know, I'm in the middle of a house search at the moment. We're, we're looking to to move and, and get a whole new house, and I'm already kind of thinking about how that's one of the projects I would want to get into with the new houses kind of building out this whole home house audio system. So Yeah. Alan, uh, quick aside, and I won't take too much time with this, but with something like AirPlay 2 or even the, the PlayFi and all of that, I assume that those systems could also then pump to two wireless headphones at the same time. 
Do you know if that's the case? I believe AirPlay 2 allows you to share audio across multiple Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so I too. I think so too, but I, I was just thinking. That. You know, I haven't played it, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've always struggled with, uh, my spouse and I, is that we we like different <laughs> levels of sound when we watch a movie or something. And I was just thinking, you know, it'd be really cool to be able to have your you know, your, your TV system all set up and then say, you know, both of us are wearing headphones right now and each can have their own sound level, maybe each have their own sound profile, but be able to watch the same movie together. Um, and even be able to use some of that transparency feature we talked about before, where I could hear her talking if she wanted to make a comment about the movie, but yeah, we're all having our own unique kind of sound experience. So, uh, yeah, you absolutely can pair up multiple sets of AirPods. I know for sure. Now, whether or not that will work with all different Bluetooth headphones, I don't know, but yeah, you can certainly do that. So that technology is getting there, which is, which is great, right? Sending signal out to multiple devices and there's lots of creative ways that that can, can be used. Right. That's Uh, what I just think is fine to say. I'm, I'm in my home office and I say, you know what, here's a, here's a song I want to play throughout the entire house. Cause I'm going to be moving around doing chores the rest of the day start playing the playlist or playing a, a, a streamed radio station, whatever it may be. And then just be able to go about the house and know that I've got music in every room I'm in. Yep. Or if I'm uh, playing something at a party and I want everybody in the house to hear the same song. Uh, it's just cool to know that that can be pulled off now. And now you do have to have a good wireless network in your house. Yep. Um, audio is obviously not as demanding as video uh, as far as streaming But it's still, if you're streaming to multiple devices through your room, your house, and you want everything to stay in sync, that's where a good wireless network is still really important. If you've got one that's really spotty, has a lot of difficulties or drops a lot, just imagine kind of how annoying it would be to have one speaker in the house kind of off sync on the others or not caught up or stop playing. That's very possible if your wireless network is not kind of uh, solid enough. So yep. would say before you jump into that, just make sure your wireless network's up to snuff and ready to go for it. So yeah, and maybe that's a good time to just mention pretty much everything we've been talking about in our episodes for the last year. <laughs> they all kind of come back to the fact that networking is needed, right? That wireless, good wireless uh, or good networking at your home is needed, whether it's from the TV streaming we were talking about. Um, we're talking about, uh, creating video and being able to share these sorts of things. It's all coming back to having really good internet. So go back and listen to our, our episodes regarding internet and getting really good quality internet in your house. Uh, because all of these things that you do, the more, more devices you put on your system, they're all tapping into that same system. If that system's not healthy, uh, then you're going to have problems with everything. So. Yeah. And again, you know, if you're, if your home network can stream video and TV really good, you're not going to have any problem with audio. Audio is a fraction of the bandwidth needs that video will have. Um, but if your home network has some difficulty streaming video or you notice other hiccups, you just might want to be mindful of that before you start trying to stream a lot of audio throughout the house, because it could be, uh, could be challenging to do with that. Yeah. Or this uh, audio okay. being on top of streaming sound during a movie or yeah. something. Now we're talking about just additional streams. The more wireless things you have, right, there's more things that potentially could go wrong there. So you want to make sure it's healthy. I guess the whole kind of overall message of this episode, Brian, is that, you know, I, I don't think it's, you know, you don't necessarily have to dump out or, or, or throw out into the trash your old sound system if you like what you've got. 
there are ways to connect it up and to make it work. I, for example, you know, I've got a very old school solution here. I, I, I have a traditional sound system uh, with a receiver, with a turntable, with a CD player, with some big speakers. And to bridge it into my home network, I'm using an old Apple Airport Express, which was like a $49 device back when it came out, I believe. Little little white box device that was really meant for kind of extending your Wi-Fi network or giving you another access point to your wireless network. But one of the side benefits is that it has a little audio out um, jack on the side. And I actually have that um, piped into my stereo system. So I can actually hit that airport express with my wireless connection uh, with my iPhone or with my computer. And it sees it as a source where I can play music. And then I have that going into like an auxiliary input on my home stereo system. Mm -hmm. So now I can play my digital music through my existing home stereo system. Uh, I've kind of bridged the gap a little bit between the two. Um, So you've got the options, whether you want to kind of connect your existing system and just need one device that will bridge it to your home network or you can honestly get some really, really good sound out of standalone devices, even singular devices, or still have a really nice multi-device theater system or sound system that's that still will allow you to bridge the gap between the digital and the analog world that you maybe were used yeah. to. Yeah. Can I just really quick give a, another piece of advice? So if yeah. you're someone who, because I, I actually spoke to someone the other day that had the same situation and they hadn't thought of connecting them, but if you have a home stereo system, the receiver and everything that you're, you're talking about, like I do as well. But in maybe you also have a really smart, like a little, uh, Alexa echo, right? Have a little echo, a tiny echo dot. Well, the echo dot has a, has an audio out in the back of it as well. Yeah. Take mm-hmm. that to get a, a, uh, headphone jack to stereo connection, just a wire, $5, connect that into the back of the receiver as one of your inputs. And now all of a sudden it can stream, it can pull the information from your Amazon music or your Pandora or whatever, and play out throughout your, um, your stereo. So there are ways you can just kind of retrofit to at least add Bluetooth or add some sort of voice or add streaming services to what you have. Um, you know, if you already have all the equipment, you know, purchased and you don't have to go restart. So I think that's great. Yeah. Just imagine you can keep your 20 year old audio system that you love and that you just refuse to get rid of. And you add a $30 device to it. Yep. All of a sudden you've now bridged it into your digital network and you you can now use it as a digital music player through your traditional uh, audio equipment. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We are definitely not advocating anybody throw out those old systems no, because they're, no. they're too good. They're too awesome. Don't Jesus do it. Mm-hmm. Just find a way to bridge it to the digital. So you've got the best of both worlds and you yep. can make that all work. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, Brian, as we're talking about audio, let's go ahead and roll into our brothers and tech suggestions, yep. kind of our, our item that we want to recommend or suggest based on this topic that we just personally have enjoyed using or want to, or think other people might find some, uh, some satisfaction with. Yeah. What you got well, first, Brian? Okay. So um, t- speaking of retrofitting, I'm going to give uh, a suggestion of something that I have in my house uh, and it serves a very specific purpose. And I'm hoping that there might be some other people that have that same uh, need that could benefit from this. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to recommend the Rocketfish wireless rear speaker kit. And now what this is, let me, let me first of all tell you my, my problem and then yeah. tell you how this solved it. So 
as I mentioned before, I have a, uh, a built-in uh, built-in speakers in my living room that kind of came with the house. So I have a typical receiver set built into the wall that that I have my Apple TV pumped into and everything goes out to my TV. So I have my home my home theater set up, but that is where all of my music comes from is that main receiver. Uh, we have outdoor. We wanted to be able to play outdoor speakers as well. And so right outside um, of our living room, we have our little outdoor patio and I wanted to install some speakers, but I didn't want to put any powered speakers out there. I didn't want to put things that may not be able to be rated for outdoors. So I bought just two normal, uh, regular outdoor speakers that have uh, speaker wire, but I wasn't able to, I didn't know how to run or very easily to run the wire from my receiver to these outdoor speakers as a second set of speakers, right? To my speakers right, gotcha. be. But what I did is I found one of these devices, which is just a box. It looks like a, you know, maybe a six inch uh, by two inch box. And that plugs into the wall and it has another little device that plugs into your receiver and they talk to each other. So now what I have is above my outdoor speakers, so my outdoor speakers are plugged into the wall or connected to the wall. And above that in the attic, I put this little receiver and plugged it into the wall. So now it's protected. It's in the attic. But when I go and say I want to play speak, play music to speaker set B, it then sends it wirelessly to my outdoor speakers. So those outdoor speakers that are not powered, they're just regular speakers, are now connected to a small receiver that is wirelessly connecting to my main audio source. Uh, and it was pretty, I mean, it was maybe, a, I think I maybe spent at the older version of this on maybe 60 or $70 for this receiver set. And again, it's just a something that plugs into your main audio source and then something that plugs into these uh, remote speakers. Now it's called a rear speaker set because if you're in a room to where you don't want to actually run speaker wire all the way back to the back of your room, you plug one of these boxes in the an outlet in the back and run your speakers from it. And it's going to wirelessly connect to uh, the front of your room where you happen to have your main receiver and, and audio source. So this is just a way of sending the signal, your audio signal to a regular set of speakers elsewhere to where you don't want to run the wire to them. So, yeah. And that's actually good to know because that's the one, the one thing in my, in my setup, I've, I've, I've always wanted to have rear speakers in my home audio setup. However, I'd really don't want to run wires. Yep. Don't want to deal with yep. wires. Um, my, the room is not set up in a way that can get easy, easy access to the space above. Mm-hmm. So, and I really don't want to just have cables running across the room. So I've held off, but knowing that there are a device like this is out there. Yeah. You can solve the troubles. Yeah. You, know? you can plug this in the back wall, put it underneath your couch so you can't see it and then run the wires to your rear speakers next to you. And all it takes is just a, a really small, I think it's more like a three inch by three inch uh, little uh, device that plugs into your main receiver up front. And it just sends a signal sure. back to that's the one good. in the back. And uh, oh, that's cool. it's great. Oh, yeah. That's cool. No, that's really good. I honestly didn't even know this existed. So that's rocket fish, rocket wireless fish. rear so, speaker. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. cool. All right. What do you so, got out? My my recommendation, I've already mentioned it, and I'm going to mention it again, and I know I'm going to get some gruff for it because, yeah, I get it. The HomePod by Apple <laughs> hasn't quite lived up to everybody's expectations. Mm-hmm. I, I understand. When you compare it against Alexa and what Amazon's doing with the Alexa and, and Echo line, or even what Google's doing right now, 
this is not a very smart speaker. I get it. It, it, it does what it needs to do at a fairly minimal level from a smarts, smart speaker standpoint. Here's the reason I'm going to recommend it because I didn't buy it as a smart speaker. I, I bought it as a home audio speaker. I wanted a singular device that I could use to put in a room and get the best sound possible out of a small device that didn't take up a lot of room. And I wanted to be able to have my Apple music uh, account and I wanted to have a beaming from my phone easily accessible and ready to do for those purposes. The home pod works awesome. Okay. Now, if that's all you want to use it for, I just want it as a music player. It is great. Now it's, it's pricey. It is more expensive than it needs to be. I would definitely recommend waiting until places uh, offer it at a much lower discount. Like they have been doing lately. I think Best Buy got it down to like one ninety nine at one point recently, which is like a hundred dollars off its list price at 199. It's still pricey, but I tell you, if you're just wanting to have a really good solid one piece as your home stereo in a certain room, it's a great device for that. Um, I kind of see the home pod as like a toddler. Okay. So you have a baby, uh, the baby is a toddler. The baby's starting to do some cool stuff. But, you know, the baby, the, the toddler can't do calculus yet. You know that. It's just when the baby does something like, oh, my gosh, it's standing. You're all excited because now it's able to do something new that it wasn't able to do before. That's kind of the way I feel about the HomePod is every time they add little, little enhancements to it, I'm just like, oh, look, the HomePod can now tell me my calendar. or The HomePod can do this. I don't expect a whole lot out of it yet. Yeah. Uh, yep. But. All I want is a good sound system, and it's great for that. Anything that they add into it on the smart speaker side, I think, is a bonus right now for me. Um, you know, my my family all uses the HomePod. We can all like say, "Hey, play my playlist from my Apple Music library," and it now can switch users and knows us. And so, for playing music, it's awesome. Uh, it's expensive, but it is awesome, and it integrates so nicely with the iPhone, iPad, Mac, anything else. Um, but if you buy it expecting it to do everything an Amazon Echo can do, no, it will not. Now, that being said, the rumors right now is that Apple is going to be soon releasing a much smaller version of the HomePod, kind of a HomePod mini, which will be less expensive and a little bit closer in size to like maybe uh, an Amazon Echo Dot, you know, uh, maybe maybe still larger than that and still with a better sound system. But I think they are looking to do some expansive things with the HomePod line. So I am... Yeah. Anxious to see what they do with it. I still would love them to come up with a 50 to $70 version that is very accessible to a lot of people and has great sound on it. But um, my HomePod is my recommendation. I still love it. It's my little baby. You know, uh, he's not talking yet. Uh, can't do any, you know, math cal- calculations yet. But but he's uh, he's still a good, he's a good little boy though. Yes. <laughs> so he's, and he's spending a lot of money on this boy, so you're, you <laughs> have to. Yeah. <laughs> it's costing me a lot of money. You're right. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so that is my uh, brothers in tech suggestion. So we had the Brocket Fish Wireless Rear Speaker Kit from Brian and the HomePod from Apple by me. Yeah. All right, and Brian. So Alan, I will just give you a quick thumbs up and not make fun of you for the the HomePod, but okay. with the HomePod, you really are paying for the hardware. Right. Yeah. The beauty of something like the HomePod is that you know the technology, you know the software is going to get better and it's going to get new features. Yeah. It's going to all these things, but you're paying for a really, really sophisticated. 
piece of hardware. I mean, it does some fantastically cool things. It's kind of like the the AirPods and some of these other things that you're paying for the fact that the technology is really good and you know that software wise, they're going to come up with new ways to use it, which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and just, if I can just brag on it just for one little more extra minute, not take too much more time, but when we get, first got our HomePod, I did a lot of experimenting to just see how, how e- expansive the sound was coming out of this little device because it's supposed to be doing room calculations once you set it up to see how it needs to best push the music out of its out of the device out of what speakers to give you the most full room sound so i we put it in our kitchen that's kind of our hub of our house where you know it connects to a lot of different rooms and i was testing from all different rooms around the kitchen to say how can i still hear it How's it sound from a further distance? And I'm really impressed with how far the sound could carry into other rooms. But then most impressively, the microphone on it to hear your commands. Although the HomePod doesn't know a lot of commands, the ones it knows specifically for music, volume up, volume down, next song, skip, pause, whatever. The fact that I could be up the stairs, halfway up the stairs of my house and talking in just a normal tone the HomePod still heard me and still responded to it, which is still really, really impressive. So um, if you just want to have good sound and you just want to have a single device that just needs a single power cord and that's it, and you're already in the Apple ecosystem, then it's a, it's a great device. If, if you can get it for a good deal, get it, try to get it for under 200 bucks. And I think it's a well worth device at that point. So cool. All right. Well, Brian, if anybody's got some suggestions, feedback, or wants to uh, follow up with us on any of the things we talked about, uh, how can they reach out to us? They should send us an email at info at the mesh.tv info at the mesh.tv. Send us your, uh, audio suggestions, your home audio suggestions, so that we can pass those along um, to some other listeners, uh, or let us know what you'd like to to hear us talk about in the future. So we're always looking for new uh, new topics and new deep dives. So info at the mesh TV. That's right, and this has been Brothers in Tech, our ongoing technology discussion show, helping those of you in the brotherhood of tech that are either the go to IT people for people in your family. You get those phone calls in the middle of the night or on weekends uh, asking how to hook up things uh, technology related, or maybe you're just someone who's tired of making those phone calls and wants to be a little more self-reliant. We're here to help you regardless of what end of the spectrum you may be on. We will be getting together for one more deep dive episode on this whole topic of audio. Um, We're going to talk about music, making music as opposed to just listening to music. And then we'll be moving on to a new topic in the coming months. So thanks so much for listening. We will look forward to talking to everybody very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.